Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Tradies, a podcast brought to you from myself, host Monique Dralovac, bricklayer and owner of mjbricklaying.co. I have created this podcast to motivate, inspire and educate, bring you to a choice of topics from inside the construction industry, women in trades, mental health and wellness, along with a bit of fun. The following podcast has been recorded at Tradie HQ. So before we jump into today's episode, I mentioned last week on the potty that I had a whole heap of props stolen from my site. So I asked you guys to write in on things that have been stolen from your jobs that you cannot go without. So I actually had a few people write in, but I'm just going to mention two of them today, I think. So first, the one I'm going to mention. So someone said that her friend is a roof tiler who had his whole elevator stolen. How does someone steal an elevator, guys? (laughs) And another one that actually has really startled me. Someone's written in and said, not at all, but I had my wallet stolen out of my esky on the second floor. A guy came up and started talking to us, pretending that he was the roof chippy doing the roof after him. Next minute, I see my esky had been opened and him driving off. He had also stolen his phone. All right, this is actually so crazy for me to hear. I cannot believe some of the things that people have written in because, like, I know you th- – well, you think you can trust people, but you honestly can't. So even if someone is on site, like, we honestly just have to make sure that we're so much more careful of this because I actually do know a tradie – this was back when I was doing my apprenticeship that he had his car raided when he was on site as well once because he didn't lock the car. So just the littlest things like locking your car can make a difference, but – it's just crazy. You can't trust anyone. So always just be wary on site, especially when you're there and it comes to personal items. So in saying that, guys, let's get into today's episode. So hello, everyone, and welcome back to the potty. With me today, I have bricklayer Hayden. Yeah, the brickies. <laughs> hello. Yes. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so Hayden currently runs his own bricklaying team in Perth South. He has his certificate three and four in fitness. He's worked FIFO for a taste out. Huh? Taste life? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> he worked FIFO for Taste Life for five years, um, helping with mental and physical health across many WA based mine sites. You have worked underground for a short period of time and now you're back in the life of Lane Bricks. Yeah, so I am, yeah, back to Lane Bricks. It's, uh, it's good, good to be home. I love being home. So, so when did you stop um, FIFO? I uh, quit FIFO probably about two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done it for since I was 20. So I finished my apprenticeship, um, worked as a brickie for a little bit, but at that time it was sort of the brick laying rates were crashing at the time. Um, so it was a struggle to find work at that time when I was 19, 20. Um, so I took the FIFO route, got my Cert 3, Cert 4 and um, went off and become a, was an active life coach to start with and then it rebranded into Taste Life, uh, become a Taste Life coach and uh, did that for... Uh, four and a half years, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, yeah, and then went underground and then obviously come back to Brick Lane later down the track. Yeah, you've done a few things with yourself um, and I know that you're really into your fitness as well. So can you tell us a little bit about, I guess, your time spent back in the mental health space as a fitness coach? And uh, Yeah, so when I was uh, when I used to do it fly and fly out, oh, before I'd done fly and fly out, I was always into fitness um, from a young age, done martial arts for such a long time. Um, just gym, training, sports. Um, and I wanted to, at the time I had the passion to want to help other people to achieve what I was achieving or how my mind process went um, with the health and fitness wellbeing and mental health. Uh, so I took on the Taste Life role, um, which was kind of like a personal trainer slash events coordinator. So during that time, over the four years, I would go to different 
camps. So I did a lot of the BHP camps. I was in Caratha for two years. Um, I worked out in Ravensthorpe, Esperance. Um, basically just running all the mental health uh, things on site, helping people that are away from home get through their FIFO experience. Um, and the, the training side of it offered a lot of classes, um, which was good for mental health for people on site who were away from their families and stuff mm-hmm. and tried to create a good atmosphere or a fun atmosphere that people would be welcoming to come and do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So what inspired you? We'll go back to the bricklaying kind of thing. Yep. <laughs> so what inspired you to become a bricklayer in the first place? Do you know what? <clears throat> I was really not into school. So when I was at school, um, I hated it. Um, but my mum was like, you have to finish year 12. You got to do this. You got to do that. So at the time, because I was obviously younger, followed that. Um, but as I got older, like year 10, year 11, I was like, this isn't for me. I still finished high school. Um, did a pre-app through the high school I was at, which was Warmbrough High. Uh, as a bricklayer and then towards the end after I finished year 12 my boss was like do you want an apprenticeship and that was it pretty much so I did my apprenticeship as a bricklayer um, which was yeah it was I don't know it was when I was doing my pre-apprenticeship I'd done other courses so I'd done like mechanics um, and things along those lines and as soon as I started bricklaying being out in the sun Mm. being physical um, and just all the other little perks that you get with bricklaying just sort of attracted me to do it. So that's probably why I did it. So did you, how long after you qualifying did you end up going FIFO and like, or how long of a period of time did you have off before you come back on the bricks? Uh, so I went FIFO, I did bricklaying for about six months and then during that six months period, I was eight months period. So I was studying by Cert 3, Cert 4 at the Australian Institute of Fitness. So I got my master's Cert 3, Cert 4 in fitness there. Um, seen the role, applied for it. Didn't really think I was going to get it. Um, at that time I was not working. Uh, and then, yeah, got a call up. Hey, can you come do a medical? Do you want to come up to head office? Um, so I went up to head office, spoke to the boss, I suppose, up there. Um, Hamish was his name. And after talking to him for 20 minutes, he's like, you've got the job. When, when can you fly out pretty much? So... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you are running your own team as well. I am, Just yes. Just like me. Yes, yes, Good yes. Good fun. It is. Uh, so I know for me when I started to grow as a bricklayer, knowing that um, everything on me, oh, so yeah, starting my own business, I should mm-hmm. say, um, everything was like on me. Mm-hmm. So the stress really became really high. <laughs> mm-hmm. So knowing that like you have employers and then you're having to make sure the job's ready and everything's there on time and everything. How do you go with coping with stress? Uh, I Stress does get to me, um, even, even though I might not show it at times. Um, but I try to let go of a lot of things with stress and like some things are out of your control when you're at work. Um, and I re- as I've gotten older, I've learned to let go of that emotion towards feeling stressed um, because I know it's not going to serve me any benefit down the long run. Um, So I do let a lot of things go. I still get stressed out. I run a really big team. Yeah. Um, How many boys have you got? I've got nine all up, including myself. Yeah. Um, Couldn't do that. Five was enough for me. (laughs) I I started off um, 
obviously myself, another bricklayer and had labourers float in and out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I sort of partnered up with one of my mates. We're not in a partnership but we sort of partnered up. He would do a couple for his company. I would do a couple for mine. And then we just slowly started building our team up. By then I think I'd had uh, labour that had been with me for a long time and my apprentice and another bricklayer. He already had two bricklayers and then we've sort of recruited more along the way. Um, but it is stressful. Uh, as an example for today, it was super stressful for me. Um, had things gone wrong. Oh, really? And had to, yeah, but you've got to, because I've been doing, running a big team now for such a long time, I had to, you got to think on the spot and you've got to act mm. quickly, um, especially having so many boys' wages to look after. I know. And that's mm. what, I think that's definitely the thing that stresses you out the most. Well, that's what's special. The thing with bricklaying is that time is money mm. and it, I'm not sure like how it goes so much with other trades, but I know that bricklaying time is money and it's so stressful when people are dawdling around on site and stuff. Yeah, I definitely don't take um, anyone dawdling on, on my <laughs> sites. Um, people will get told on my sites. So I feel yeah. like I'm a fair but fun boss. Um, yeah. The boys work hard for me and I usually reward them. So, yeah. Um, they're not too bad. There's a couple that questionable but they're all right <laughs> the others pick up their slack don't they, they do, yeah. <laughs> so what are some of the most challenging aspects of being a bricklayer both physically and mentally so like i know for myself the getting up every day before the crack of dawn it can be really hard to get out of bed but um i think it's just been a routine um once my routine's stuffed up i think that sort of stuffs up my weeks mm. um but i think probably I think that worries me the most doing bricklaying is probably where's the next job going to be mm. um, and how long do I am I going to have off if there's not a new job. Mm. Um, so I've worked, I've uh, personally tried to create a bricklaying business that is in demand um, so I don't have that issue. Um, I definitely try to eliminate all the stresses straight away that I have in my life. Um, creates a happier life, more peaceful life. For me, um, I have a lot of boys on site, so I would have to say keeping an eye on everybody uh, would be my top one. Yeah. And having to double check everyone's stuff, even though I have competent uh, bricklayers on site, still just those, yeah, just think, because the little stuff ups that happen, having such a big team, it escalates because you can't, a small margin for error yeah. having a big team. Yeah. And I think that's where, like, I, yeah, was struggling a lot, was having too big of a team, trying to – you think you can trust people but then you can't and then – Yeah, know. definitely. Yeah, 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 100%. So um, you mentioned earlier that you still do your martial – well, you did your martial arts. Do you still – what do you do to keep fit now? Do you um, still do your martial arts? I still do my martial arts. That's correct, yep. Um, I had well, – I've been doing martial arts since I was five. Um, so long journey of martial arts, different martial arts when I was younger. Um, and then as I've gotten older, I think I was about 13 – I found Muay Thai, kickboxing and uh, freestyle combat karate, which is what I train in now. Um, and I've been doing that for the last 14 years, mm -hmm. give or take. Uh, a couple of years of partying there possibly. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I'm still doing it and keeping fit. I just I actually gym every single morning before work. Are you going before work? Yeah, and I what do. time are you starting work? Uh, I start at 5 o'clock at the moment. Fuck that. <laughs> and I'm usually down at the dojo at 5.30 and that doesn't finish till 7.30. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, you wake up. Wait, what? So, uh, so, so a dojo, it's like a gym. <laughs> how I'm, no, how do you start work at five o'clock and then you go to the gym at 5.30? In the afternoon. 
I thought you just said you would go to the gym in the morning. Yeah, I go to the gym in the morning, yep. So you go to the gym before work again? Yep. Oh, so you correct. go to like a normal gym and then you go to the dojo Yeah, so after. I get up. So, so what time do you go to the gym? So my, my normal... <laughs> Uh, so I've got a real strict routine. Um, so I'm usually up around 2.50, 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. My gym's down the road. I actually pack all my stuff the night before, clothes, gym clothes, work clothes. It's like all lined up, folded, ready to rock and roll. Um, so I'll wake up in the morning, take like a bag with everything, including my trailer to the gym. I'll yeah. train at the gym, quickly have a shower, go pick up my apprentice from the train station, go to work, do my eight hours, head home. If I've got time, I'll relax, chill out on the lounge chair. Um, if I don't have time, it's shower straight into martial arts uh, gear or uh, what I wear down to training and then straight down to training back home. So that's a pretty full-on schedule. It is a busy <laughs> schedule, yeah. I do I do occasionally have days off during the week if I feel uh, like I'm fatigued. Yep. Yeah, just to manage that. So um, how do you go with keeping up with your sleep and everything? Because like, okay, so you're not a typical bricklayer. I guess you're a bit like me. Like, you know, you love your gym. So a lot of brickies definitely do not go to the gym before or after work. So what's some advice, I guess, that we can give to some other tradies that I guess lacking the motivation of going? Because for me, I know that I go for like my mental health. I If I don't go to the gym, I, um, I yeah, go through basketball. I get depressed. <laughs> so the gym helps me with that and then also just makes you feel good and you stretch out your muscles and everything. Like I feel like when you're doing the repetitive motion of laying bricks or whatever trade you are doing, you need to just get moving a bit more in different uh, ways. In terms of like motivating people to maybe not live the exact same routine that no. I have but um, to at least go down to the gym, for example, like my uh, mate that I paired up with during bricklaying, he was not gymming, um, doing a lot of drinking um, as all brickies most – most of the population of bricklayers do. Um, I mean, I still drink as well, but he wasn't going to the gym. He was always talking to me. I've known him since I was 10. Um, so he feels comfortable talking to me. Um, and it took me a couple of weeks just like, I think it was just my energy and the way I was speaking sort of motivated him to come down to the gym. I was like, just come down even on our days, especially during winter when we're getting rained off all the time. Mm. Um, I was like, what are you doing today? And he's like, oh, I'm probably just going to go home and kick back. And I was like, come to the gym with me. So he's been going down to the gym now, which is good, and he loves it, and he's down there every single afternoon. Yeah. Now, so, But I think some people are set in their ways as well, so some people are harder to convince to change <laughs> their lifestyle. All right, so what advice would you give to someone considering a career in bricklaying? What advice would I give to someone in a career in bricklaying? Considering it. Considering it, mm. um, give it a go pretty yeah. much. I think, um, yeah, just give it a crack. If it's not for you, it's not for you. It's, I've seen a lot of people uh, come through and, yeah, they just it's not for them. So it is a very high physically demanding job, yeah. um, especially the weather is a big thing during summer. Yeah. Yeah. That that summer, if they might be bricklaying through the middle of the year during winter and stuff, but as soon as summer hits, yes, yeah, that, ball that game. makes and breaks people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, are there any mistakes or mishaps that you've made in your career that you'd like to help others avoid? So many. I've made so many mistakes in my career. Um, too many to list, I think. Um, but I've learned from them all, and it's created me into the person I am. So I think. Uh, the, I can't, can't really give any advice for mistakes, I don't think. I think they're going to happen. Um, 
and it just depends on how you... How you interpret them, I guess. Yeah, how you interpret them and how you're going to learn from them, Mm. I think. Um, Because I've made so many mistakes over the years, career-wise, bricklaying, FIFO. um, But, yeah, I wouldn't be the person I am today without making those mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the way you look at it. So if you actually, like, take the learnings from the mistake and that's how you actually grow as a person as a successful business and everything as well. So, yeah, mistakes are the best thing to do as long as you take your learnings from them. Yes, you have to take your learnings from them. You yeah. don't want to keep making the same mistake because that sort of doesn't become a mistake anymore. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think are some barriers preventing people from getting into bricklaying? So, like, us brickies have the worst reputation. Um, and I think we're the only trade in Australia that doesn't have to be qualified at the moment to lay bricks. So That's true. Mm. That is true. Um that is true. Would you reckon there's like a lot of like the way that people talk about the brickies on websites and everything as well? Like it's hard though, I guess, like when it came to like during the boom, we had a lot of cowboys coming in mm-hmm. and absolutely destroying the houses. And that's yep. what gives us the bad reputation is you get all these idiots because they're unqualified coming in and ruining it for us. Yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah, I certainly did because um, I fixed a <laughs> lot of them. Um, <laughs> What do you think are some barriers preventing people from getting into bricklaying? Barriers preventing people getting into bricklaying. So, like, yeah, it's always like we have, like, a pretty bad reputation. So I've even spoken to kids and they're like, oh, no, my parents don't want me to, to be a bricklayer because, you know, like, I guess the reputation or, like, it's bad on the body. But things like that when it comes to, like, being bad on the body, yes, it can, you know, it's quite repetitive. It, like, if you're not bending in the right ways, you're going to fuck your back. But, like, if you bend with your knees and you're like, you, this is why I like the gym as well, you learn those little things, you know. You just prevent it yourself. So I think barriers would be, um, you know, the physical side of the job. Mm. Um, it's a lot different to, I mean, my sparky mates and stuff like that probably hate me, but I feel like it's a lot more physical than some jobs. Are the wet trades are definitely the most physical trade. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Um, carting around bricks and stuff like that. Mm. Whereas, I mean, I know everyone... Uh, Wants you to wear PPE, but nobody ever does, I don't think, as in for gloves and stuff like that, wearing brick yeah. when you're laying bricks and stuff like that. So it just takes it out of your hands and bending over at the knees. Um, I don't know. It's, that's a hard question. I think people are going to become what they're meant to be and I think that they have to give it a go. So I find that a lot of uh, people I've come through have really enjoyed it. And then others that are just like day one, they're like, no, nah, this isn't for me. So I feel like it's like trial and error, mm. um, sort of enticing people to come and become a bricklayer. I know they do all the grants and stuff for apprentices and stuff like that. Um, I think it really depends on who you talk to. Mm. Uh, I actually had someone write in. Actually, we'll talk about this after. Because right. <laughs> otherwise we'll probably go off topic. <laughs> so how do you see the future of bricklaying going? <sighs> I feel like it will just keep going. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the future of bricklaying will not stop, I don't think. Um, it's been around forever and I think it will continue to be around forever. I mean, I keep driving around, they keep bulldozing all these new lands. I think uh, when I was doing my apprenticeship, my boss used to say the same thing. Um, Where are they going to build all these houses? Are going to keep clearing land and stuff? Um 
And that's what they've been doing. So, but also the fact that um, houses do wear out over time, like you know, long period of time, they are knocking down, rebuilding, and a lot of the houses now they are knocking down because they can build more on the land. That's correct. So, yeah, that is correct. <laughs> Subdividing. Um, I don't think Brooklyn will die. That's my opinion. I guess it's more like also the facts of like the robots. Do you reckon these robots will take over? Do you know what? I think <laughs> eventually there might be. So I don't think they will because. Well, not like maybe like for like brand new houses, but I think long term, like you're going to need to get in nitty gritty little areas. Like you're always going to need a bricky. I think uh, the way technology's going, they will find something for that. Mm. Um, but I don't think it will be anytime soon. Mm. Yeah. I don't think I will see it. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. I think, but I think in the future, potentially. I guess they've got all their steel frames now as well. So I guess that we could more just go along that side as well. Yeah, all the brick veneers. Uh, but yeah. people still want double brick houses as yeah. well. Um, I think so. It's They've got that mix there because I know some companies that I've worked for, they endorse the veneers. So many veneers going up everywhere where other ones are just like, no, nah, we don't even do brick veneers. It's all double brick houses. So. All right, guys. So I put up on my... Let's Talk Tradies Instagram page and the Facebook and ask you guys to write in any questions for Hayden today. But I guess because we're both brickies, we can <laughs> we can answer these together. So I got a few replies here. I'm going to mention just a few of them. So the first one, have your rates begun to drop and is it affecting your business as you have probably employed at a higher rate than usual and how are you going to navigate through the scenario? Do you want to answer that one first? You want me to no, go? you go first. I go. Um, I don't have any issues personally. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the rates have dropped from last year. Um, it was amazing last year, but for me personally, I still run a successful business mm-hmm. and I make sure that it's successful. Um, my boys still put in about two and a half thousand bricks a day. So mm-hmm. give or take, uh, depending on the day. Uh, so, no, I have not been too bad at the moment. If it, yeah, see in the future, if it drops a lot more, then another drop wouldn't be too bad. Um, Yeah, but if it was a drastic drop. Mm. Um, so, I guess for me, like, everyone, so if you're a bricklayer and you've gone, so obviously the booms happened, you know, it's been, what, three years-ish? No, it hasn't even been that long. Yeah, about three years now, hey? And it's slowly starting to drop. Yeah, because I'll come back when the boom, mm. uh, yeah, I'd say about three yeah. and a half years, something like that. So pretty much if you're a bricklayer that, well, even if you did your apprenticeship and you like got out of your time into the boom or whatever, if you're a qualified bricklayer, everyone knows that the rates were terrible before. So you're going to know that the rates are going to drop. So the thing is if the rates drop for me, then they're going to have to drop for my boys. So that's just something that as a bricklayer you should know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, yeah, it's hard because there might still be some people that are slightly paying a bit more and obviously the different housing builders are paying slightly different as well. So people are chopping and changing, but if you're just going to chase the money, then that's not really a healthy lifestyle to be living either. No, I don't think so. Not for your mental health anyway, we were touching base on earlier. Mm. Um, no. Even just career wise though as well. You don't want to be doing that. No, career-wise, yeah, no, you don't. I mean, like, it was such a low rate when I was doing my apprenticeship. Um, not that it affected me too much because I was an apprentice. Mm, yeah. um, but I would hear my boss. My boss at the time, he was 65 years old. Um, 
teaching me and he would just bang on about all these old stories about um, how good it was when it was a uh, when it used to be a dollar twenty and stuff. That, that was really good money because back in the day it used to be like eighty cents, sixty cents, yeah, for bricks and stuff. And he's yep. like telling me when he was in his twenties, um, a house like the one I was doing at the time when I seen him when he pulled past. Um, he's like a house like that would have cost three thousand dollars for a purchase order back in the day, a long time ago. Yeah, now. <laughs> um, said that they were working from sunrise to sundown, and some people you're just like, wow. How did you do it? But yeah. the pricing for living was a lot lower back then as well. Mm. So he also used to bang on how he used to take a dollar down to the shop and come back with all these goodies. So a <laughs> uh, lot different time back then. But Yeah. Yeah, and no, I remember when I was doing my apprenticeship, my boss was um complaining that it was what oh, I think it was a dollar ten and a dollar forty when I was doing my apprenticeship. And then he was always like, nah, it's not worth it. Like, you know, and I'm like, nah, I don't want to be a boss. Like I never wanted to run my own business because he'd always talk me out of it. Yeah. Um but then it wasn't even the, like, boom. So it wasn't even the money that made me start my business to begin with. It was definitely the growth aspects of it. But, yeah, the way that he was going on about it definitely didn't make me want to start my business yeah, with how course. low the rates were, how shit it is on your body, you know, all that kind of stuff. I was like, you know, I'm still committed to my trade, but apparently, like, I shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My boss was always, when I was younger, was always like, Hayden, start doing yoga now. Mm. And I was only, like, 15. I'm like, I'm not doing yoga. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like... Get reward, man. I'm not doing yoga. Um, but now that I'm, you know, 12, 13, 14 years down the track, um, I'm like probably should have started doing yoga because I'm starting to feel the aches mm. and niggles from uh, doing it. But um, the rates, no, they have not affected me too much. Yeah. All right. So another question. What bricklaying tools would you like to see made and what are your favourites and why? I don't really know if we can say what tools we want made when we don't know what tools they could be. <laughs> um, like we're just used to what we're using now. <laughs> uh, I, I don't really, I don't have an answer to that question, but uh, we were joking around the other day at work, like when we we're doing the face, how good it would be if we had like a conveyor belt that went around, that you set up around the site. Cause we've got so many bricklayers that you can put the, uh, barrows onto and it just <laughs> takes it around, especially um, when you got really boggy <laughs> sand around your side. You know there's like electric wheelbarrows now. Yeah, yeah, I don't have one, but <laughs> that's what we were joking Yeah, but you're freaking, the boys that put the rubbish in there, they go freaking throw it on the rubbish pile anyway, so that's, that's right, gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're kind of pointless. <laughs> um, I don't really have one, eh, for bricklaying tools Yeah. to be created. No, my favourite is obviously my trowel. Mm. Um, I feel like you don't really know what could be handy until like it's made. Until you have it. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> like been, you make make it work. <laughs> there's been a lot of things that have come along, um, especially from doing my apprenticeship to do it now. Different tools that have come through. You like when you're using it, you're like, oh, wow, that's so handy. Mm. Um, so I think no, I don't have one, but when it, yeah. Oh my god! One of the boys commented on my um, post the other day, and they were saying, "Get yourself a um, magnetic level." I was like, "No, they are the most annoying things to use. Do you use magnetic levels?" No, I don't like them. <laughs> I um, hate them. I hate them. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. So someone else has my back on this. <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't like, especially for door frames. Mm. Um, especially if it's got real strong magnets in it. Yeah. It just rips exactly. What yeah, you're it does. Doing off. Yeah, you so. Like yeah, you're using it to plumb something, but then by the time you rip it off, it's kind of like unplumb anyway. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then you don't want to leave it on the profile anyway because you're going to model over it. So I find them pointless anyway. I've, Maybe I, the Eastern Staters can keep using them. <laughs> I, one of my boys uses a magnetic level, but um, 
No, personally, no. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> All right, we have uh, one more question here. Um, what happened to arches and nice decorative fences out the front of people's houses? Miss face days. I don't think I know many bricklayers that can actually build them anymore. Do you know what? I don't want to admit this, but I will admit this. I I did arches at TAFE, but I've never done them since I left TAFE. So yeah. I am not. I cannot specialize in that. So when I done my my uh, my boss was so big on when I was doing my apprenticeship because uh, that's the way he got taught was uh, you know trown level work. So any nibs and stuff I would build anything in the house that was small enough my level he'd make me build it with a trout level mm-hmm. um and we would do a lot of cash jobs building circle windows arches in uh curved walls around people's pools um and things like that mm-hmm. so i think that's sort of gone away i think it's efficiency for housing as well it might cost a little bit more yeah, potentially to have arches and stuff like that um but i actually think that yeah i mean a lot of there's probably a lot of bricklayers out there that are saying, oh, I can do all that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Everyone's but, like roasting us right now listening to this. But you, can, but, but you also find like a lot of bricklayers brickla- can't. So No, absolutely not. Um, I know if I went on site, I've got one bricklayer, mm-hmm. maybe two that could potentially. I don't think do I know a bricklayer that. that could do it. No. Um, only my TAFE lectures really. Yeah. I could, I could do it if I put mine to it and like actually like, you know, had the plans. Like, I know how to do it. I've just never really done it outside of TAFE. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think it's just a modern day and age thing as well. Like, you know, the heritage builds are more of like a, well, I guess I'm trying to know if it's the right word, but ancient thing. <laughs> like it's not <laughs> a modern thing. Uh, you could, you could say ancient, <laughs> um, but yeah. It's a day and age. Uh, dated. That's the word it is. Dated would be the word I would use. Um, It's like standard bricks everywhere is Florentine's face blocks. Um, And it's also cheaper for buyers, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it is because it comes down to like how many bricks they're getting down on site as well. That's right, yeah. Yeah. All right, so before we wrap things up today, I'm going to ask you, we're going to play a little game. Yeah, This is a game I'm going to play with all the tradies that I get on the show. No worries. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to say timer for a minute. And I'm going to ask you a whole heap of questions. And when the timer goes off, that's when we stop. No, no. <laughs> All right. All right. Are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. So if you weren't a bricklayer, what would you be instead? I would have kept playing footy. AFL superstar. Best vehicle for a tradie? Um, Ram. What tool can you not go without? My trowel. Chicken palm or steak sandwich? Steak sandwich. What's the best piece of advice your first boss gave you? Oh, so hard, that one. Um, <laughs> first piece of advice my boss ever gave me, I can't even remember. Next. <laughs> yeah, next. Uh, what dog breed best resembles your trade? Best resembles the trade? Um, Blue Heel. Yep. <laughs> what do you do as soon as you finish work? As soon as I finish work, I go home and have a shower. <laughs> Take my shoes off. Um, <laughs> fold or scrunch? Fold. What's your best nickname? Uh, best nickname, Big Uncle um, or Sprouty. And that is it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Let's Talk Tradies. And thank you so much, Hayden, for joining me on the episode. Awesome. Thank you, Benang. Thank you for having me. 
So that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Let's Talk Tradies. If you like this episode or think you might know someone who might like this episode, please like it and share it on your Instagram stories and tag me in it at Let's Talk Tradies.